Hey, hey, welcome to Bonus Barrel. is Shelby and Seiji <laughs> the RSS <laughs> feed has returned <laughs> I think people will be happy to hear your voice again Shelby oh hopefully I mean we might have some like uh like maybe Sundary J or or BBQ crew mm -hmm. uh pounding at the keyboard because mm -hmm. uh, they, they probably don't want you back <laughs> it's just bad people that's okay yeah I just really just wanted an excuse to say uh BBQ crew at least once an episode, I like to <laughs> show that person. In. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, welcome, welcome to the, back to the, to the show. I mean, we t we we had to drag out a pretty pretty gnarly game to get you back, but yeah, we're here. <laughs> Anybody uh, who hears what it is will understand immediately once they once they know. I'm like, gonna say I'm impressed with both of your little little spoiler for the pre spoiler for the episode title, but I'm I'm impressed by both of your percentage feet. <laughs> with some dedication that I did not have. It's a fun game. <laughs> Before that, there's other things to address. One being, uh, Seiji, that I just want to let you know that Megan really enjoyed the uh, voice acting that you did for <laughs> Princess Peach. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she was very amused by that. So for me, a big thing happened. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. Um, I booked... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've since, I had Friday to, to Wednesday off, and I spent uh, pretty much all of my time just sleeping and playing the game. I haven't done that. I haven't marathoned. I haven't done anything like that. In, I can't remember the last time. It's been many, many years, possibly over a decade since oh, I've shit. really got into a game that much. And I loved every second of it. it was amazing. I, it, I, man, so fun. So nostalgic. I love the, the gameplay, the music and stuff and and they the characters really became a little more one note or or uh regressive uh mm -hmm. in the their their appearances since especially in like kingdom hearts and and uh Pisidia. you know cloud just became the this really mopey yeah. depressing guy for no reason i mean yeah Aerith died that sucks but like by the end of the first game he had pulled that together so and, and tifa's just like that girl who's kind of simping for cloud and uh <laughs> Aerith is just like holy girl perfect mm -hmm. person and but and also i was worried going into this game that that those character traits that uh have become unfortunately latched to them would still would would be you know that would be their characters of the game but it's not they're they're much more um reflective of the original game and also because of voice acting and, and better animational stuff they have way more character than, than the original game, but in a good direction. But I think it's like I I remember when I was uh, I would have been in grade maybe nine or ten playing this game, uh, the first game, and I had such a crush on Aerith when I first played it. Mm -hmm. And uh, but over the years, I'm like eh, she's she's just, she's all right, she's fine, she's fine as a character. But I, I'm over that shit. But then I was playing this, I'm like, oh, she, I know I, she's adorable. <laughs> I, I understand why my younger self felt that way. Uh, she she's great and human too. So hearing Air swear was one of my favorite parts. Oh, um, she swears. Yeah, because she's a real person who grew up in the slums, right? Oh but you my goodness. You wouldn't think that because, 
over the years you just kind of forget that 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 was that the character you know you just yeah. picture her as girl standing serenely that uh, is literally the image that they had yeah shilly shally dilly dally <laughs> yeah so her character is nothing like that in the uh this game she's, she's also uh during the this might be a controversial opinion but me and Megan had this uh, thought. We figured out one of Eris' kinks while playing the game. Okay. <laughs> because during the part where Cloud is getting his makeover and dancing, she's really into it. Like, she oh, yeah. is. She's just, she's having a blast. I recommend watching that the <laughs> that scene on YouTube. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. Oh, but but uh, and I won't get into spoilers, obviously, because you probably want to play this someday. And you should. Um, but the, the, the ending, the last, like, 10%. It changes things up quite a bit, uh, and I'm dying to talk to other people who beat the game because I have had so many emotions and like, like theories and 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 just there's a lot to talk about because it just it does some stuff, it does some okay. stuff. Shelby, what have you been doing lately? Uh, you know, just, just <laughs> trying to be productive at home. Yeah, it's hard, but. Mostly just been cleaning a lot of stuff. What have you been cleaning? <laughs> my, my closet. Oh, nice. Cleaning out my closet. Yeah? You find any old games in there? Uh, actually, yes. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> Make connect. What'd you find? Uh, I actually found the, the PS2 that you gave me and a bunch nice. of games that went with that. And my, um, my broken Xbox 360 after my cat knocked it off of my, Oof. my thing. Oh, yeah. It like fell that off. That big um, red? Yeah. What a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he knocked it off and then like the whole thing like fell over. Um and uh, like the hard drive on the top fucking flew off and like the Jeez. the slot where the memory card went in was all janked and it was just like, Wow, I can't believe you've done this. Like, wow, what a, that was a not a cool move. <laughs> no, but I mean I wasn't paying attention to him. <laughs> you know, oh, not, trying to do other things and like You're blaming yourself. He's he's gaslighting you. Yeah. Anyway, so that that <laughs> happened, but no, nah, I just I threw out a bunch of stuff yesterday. It felt very good. I'm always telling myself, and I've been telling myself this for literally years now. When I move someday, if, if ever, uh, I'm gonna throw out a lot of stuff, and in the yep. meantime, it just keeps piling up. Yeah. One of these days, though, I'm gonna have a great huge purging of things. The only thing though is like if because I have a, a desk in here and also like an office chair and an old fan that I don't want anymore. And I want to get rid of it, but I can't because it's just like, we got to wait for big garbage day. Oh, I watched a really dumb show. What'd you watch? I'm sorry if anybody likes this. I actually told you about it already. Um, it's called October Faction. Oh, yeah, you uh, mentioned that. I think it was based off of a graphic novel. But yeah, it's just like the most um, the most woke show I've seen in quite a while. Do you remember any examples? Um, okay, so there's um, this family and then there's the kids who are twins or whatever. And like... One of the twins has this thing against lying. He's just like, I don't like lies, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah. Like, you know, the average person doesn't like, you know, lies and stuff like yeah. that and being lied to and blah, blah, blah. But his thing extends, like, far into just going out of his way to expose people's secrets that they don't want anybody to know about. And some of them are really just like, yeah, I get why you wouldn't want to tell anybody that because they hear about it and they're just like, you know, they look at you a different way or they're just yeah. – anyway, he's just a huge dick, but he – just makes it seem like he's like the fucking best best care and also the way he learns about certain secrets is like spoilers he has fucking powers where he can like see into the past and stuff with certain people whoa so it's just like yeah so he 
question. Does he have to take his gloves off and touch someone to do that? No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Which Haunting of Hill House was a yeah. much better show. <laughs> uh, kind of related, but only yeah. kind of. Uh, I've also been watching uh, a somewhat bad show. Mm-hmm. But it's a guilty pleasure because I also love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched a show called The Circle, which is a reality TV show. Now, oh, granted, God. I usually get... Well, usually, I mean, I always get stoned before I watch it. Um, but uh, actually, I've watched some episodes afterwards yeah. uh, when I wasn't high. It's a reality show. I don't like reality shows traditionally. I hate them. Yeah. Um, but this one, for some reason, I watched the 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 first, the U.S. one mm-hmm. on Netflix. And I'm like, okay, this is dumb. But over time, I just started to really like the people in the show. I'm like, you know what? This is interesting. And it's this dumb premise where they're they're in this apartment complex. And they don't see each other. There's 12, there's a X number of contestants. They can't see each other physically or anything like that and they make a profile and it's supposed you're supposed to try to become the most popular social media person in, in that like limited network oh, so God. people will go in with fake some people will go in as themselves but some people will go in with like fake pictures and or just completely make shit up and mm-hmm. the whole time you're trying to basically do these like games and stuff and making like alliances and stuff and things and, and then you have a, every day they have like a rating system where they rank players from least to favorite and the two top players become what's called influencers, and they basically can block one other player. Uh, and then, it's insane. It's insane. And, and, you've and been you see, blocked? Yeah, Woo! and you, once they block, they're out, and the winner gets 100 grand. Oh so you'll God. see people, and you'll see what they're saying to each other, but then you also see their actual thoughts. Because you don't they're, – they're by themselves in the apartment, but they have a producer they're talking to. So, you know, obviously they'll prompt things like, oh, why did you do this and stuff? So you so you get to see the the people who are catfishes versus the sincere people, but then oh, you have no. people who think that the sincere people are obviously catfishes, but you know as a viewer that that mm. person is like just like a sweet person, and I've I find even Megan who is way harsher than I am, she actually kind of likes it too, and uh, so when I finished the first season, I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to, that's not enough, I want more. Then I watched the France one, mm. and then I was like, I still want more, and then I watched the Brazilian one. I have one episode left. And uh, every time I, it happens the same way. The first episode or two, I'm like, ah, oh, this is okay. And by the end, I'm like, oh, man, this player better win. Or I'm going to be <laughs> fucking pissed. God, so it's like my, um, Survivor. My... Yeah. Well, I've, I've never really watched any of the other ones. I've never seen Big Brother. I've never seen Survivor or, mm. or any other reality show. I just dismiss them yeah. automatically. And I realize that these are manufactured. You know, they're edited. They're, there's prompting. But this one seems a little more obvious about what's going on. It doesn't... Uh, Maybe it's because it's just not people fucking, and uh, I guess that happens a lot in Big Brother. Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore is another reality show, right? I don't know. I've never uh, seen it. I think so. It sounds I think it's like a reality one. Show. Anywho, I can't say I recommend it, but <laughs> I guess at the same time, I kind of am saying I recommend it. It's weird. Get the if if you are a person who partakes in recreational activities, uh, maybe it's worth putting on the background. Uh, and if and if you have watched it. <laughs> feel free to, to send me a message and say uh i like this show <laughs> it'll be nobody but uh yeah anyways this the circle so uh last thing i had in my mind was uh i wrote down i wonder what big releases are left this year i'm sure there are some and and i just made a little list of what's came out so far and these are based on my own bias but i tried to include stuff that i also don't play but so far this year we had for me, Dragon Ball Kakarot, which was a relatively big game for Dragon Ball fans, at least. We had Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Neo 2, Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, Persona 5, Royal, Resident Evil 3 Remake, FF7 Remake, Death Stranding, uh, and a bunch of other games. So those are like 
a lot of those games are, would be considered kind of like big releases. What are people excited of? Like, what's coming? I, I don't. I, I have no. So, uh, Ghost of Tsushima is, is that out this year? I think so. Hmm. And like in May, there's like a bunch of little games that I, that I think are cool, like the Wonderful 101 Remaster, and there's an Avengers game in in, in September. I guess that kind of and Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's like the last big one, I guess that I. Oh, I forgot about Cyberpunk. That's the only one I can think of that's like. Oh, huge that everyone w- was hyped for that is for sure coming out so i guess it's those two but that's is it, i mean there's got to be more of course but as far as like with a release date and people are hmm. i know for sure hyped about is there anything else that i'm missing that's like i think silk songs coming out at some point this year but that's uh expansion for it's a, it's a sequel. technically a sequel yeah oh really oh cool that'd be fun there were some rumors that sort of make sense because mm. this is like 35 anniversary of Super Mario Brothers, so they were going oh, yeah. to do some remakes or something like that of like Galaxy and Sunshine Fuck, I hope and so. a bunch of Mario games, which would be exciting. I would um, be I for me, but I don't know if that's enough for like a holiday release. No, Nintendo should have like a, at least a couple of big games each year that are like new. Animal Crossing was one, and yeah, they can coax on Animal Crossing until for a while, but like you got to have some follow-ups. What else? What else? You come, what else is coming? Throw it. Can you get, can you just tell us about Metroid Prime 4, please? Yeah. Or, nice. or something. There's, yeah, but there's a been a oh, couple of rumors. <laughs> That's all we got. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's enough. Shall we go to the topic? Let's do it. Let's do it. Up next. So the topic this week is Hollow Knight. Take it away, someone else. Ghost AG. Okay, so um, this week's episode is Hollow Knight, which is a game mm-hmm. that I first heard about on a video game donkey video. One of those years uh, recaps that he does at the end of, of the year. And mm-hmm. um, he was just mentioning stuff that, that he liked to play. And, 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 and I, I like his style. He always finds a way to say things in a funny way, or at the very least, in a way that I think it's funny. And he mentioned that his favorite game for, for that year, which I think it was like two years ago or 2017, I don't remember. 2017, yeah. And it was very interesting because it was a 2D game and it looked indie, has, it had that indie look, you know, Metroidvania. Since then, I was always very interested in playing this game. And because I have kind of like the time right now, I wanted to spend the time and play a game. And I, I wanted just that feel of trying to to complete something. And so I, I suggested this game. How about you guys when, when you guys first learned about this game? Uh, well, I was actually, I think I was at David McNeil's house. Everybody knows that guy. He's a good, good, fun guy. Um, waiting for everyone to show up for Dungeons and Dragons. And he was playing it, and it looked real cool. Uh, and then it was on sale one weekend, and uh, or on sale on Steam, and I bought it. And I played it for, I think, 10 or 12 hours, and I dropped it for a few months, and then mm-hmm. picked it up again, and it was really good. Um, but to be fair, I think for those few months, 
So I wasn't playing any game. So, yeah. How about you, Rob? I definitely saw it in like an indie trailer or whatever and thought that looked cool. And then it popped up in my mind a little bit last year during the convention when Shelby had cosplayed uh, one of the characters from it. Hornet. Yeah. And I was like, this game seems kind of interesting. I do like the art style. I do like Metroidvanias. But I hadn't liked them that much at that point because I think that was before I played all the Metroid games and really had an appreciation for that genre more. So at some point around those times, I I think I thought it was a short game. I don't know where the fuck I got that from. (laughs) But I was like, "Ah, I guess I could play this. I mean, I I, I just played like Iconoclast and uh, a few other games in that genre. So I was like, yeah, all right, I guess I'll play Hollow Knight. Everybody says it's really hard and I'm going to be frustrated but yeah, at some point I just started picking up and playing it. I don't even have like a, I can't think of like a significant reason why I decided to. One of the that it has for it is that it has this very unique look to it mm-hmm. um, that just catches your eye and it, it kind of like occupies a space that doesn't overlap with anything else with those masks and the color scheme. And I don't know, it looks kind of... Bug kind, man. We're all bugs. Yeah. released for Windows on February 24, 2017, mm. then shortly after on Mac OS and Linux. It was originally developed, I believe, for the Wii U, but it was ported to the Switch during development, so it was never released on the Wii U, and it got released on the Switch instead on June 12, 2018, and then finally mm. on PS4 and Xbox One on September 25, 2018. Oh, I didn't realize that it came out before the, uh, those two consoles. Uh, I thought it was like a Actually, I would assume that Switch was last. That's interesting. Yeah, much, much earlier uh, on Windows, but first on Switch, that was the first console. And I think because the developers were quite interested in releasing on a Nintendo console. So now let's talk about the developers, which is Team Cherry. And one of the things that catched my eye when I was reading about this is their influences, because they had a lot of Nintendo, like NES games as their influences. And the main one that keep popping up was Faxanadu, which I don't know if it's a game that you guys have played or heard about. I have played it a little bit, but it's but just a bit. I and I think I have what it. What is it called? Faxanadu. Okay, no, I've heard of like what is it, Tokyo Xanadu or something? I doubt that's the same type of game, but it's yeah. a NES. Uh, it was like a yeah RPG or action mm. RPG or whatever. It's an action RPG. Uh, and what they said about Faxanadu is that Hollow Nest is the inverse of the World Three setting in Faxanadu. I don't know what this means, Rob. Maybe <laughs> do. No, definitely not. If I played it, it was a long time ago. And then uh, another influence for this game was Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. For And they said they wanted to replicate the sense of wonder and discovery of games from their childhoods, such as Zelda 2 and Fexanadu, in which there could be any crazy, secret, or weird creature. Of course, we have to mention Metroid, because mm-hmm. uh, the, the genre is called Metroidvania. But the thing that reminded me the most, because I, I'm a big fan of Mega Man X, um, it reminded me of that game's movement mechanics. Hmm. So, Team Cherry, and I have a description here, um, is a small indie games team in, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's in Australia, Adelaide, Adelaide? I think. Adelaide, yeah. yeah. Adelaide. So initially, I believe there were a team of three developers 
and they were doing those Ludum Dare um, mm-hmm. game jams that they do twice a year. Um, game jams. Yeah, it's like a weekend game jam. Um, and those guys made a game. It's yeah, called Hungry Knight. <laughs> and the character, the knight, which in this game is the Hungry Knight, it's exactly the same as the knight in Hollow Knight. Same design. Yeah, see. <laughs> it's very, very interesting that it is exactly the same. But the game mechanics for the Hungry Knight are very, very different. Yeah, I'd say, geez. Because it's a game that they have to do in two days. Right. It's basically just like a top-down view character that you move around, and then you hit some characters that have cherries in their backs, and then you eat the cherries. And the, the mechanics here is that you have to uh, eat a cherry mm-hmm. within a 10-second <laughs> clock. And if, if you don't, you die. Oh, God. So you kill those minions, you get the cherries. There's a boss going around. And if you kill that boss, you free a mask. And there mm-hmm. are three of those masks. And then you beat the game. So cool. you can see some of the themes that get explored in, in Hollow Knight. But o- overall, it's a very, very simple game. Uh, but the look and feel, the art style is pretty much developed there. And that was done for Ludum Dare uh, 27, which I think was 2013, the summer of 2013. Crazy. After that, they participated in another, another Ludum Dare. They were trying to do a more complicated, and they called that project Beneath the Surface. Um, that game uh, wasn't released, but those two games are the ones that precede Hollow Knight. And just to mention uh, some of the names, because it's a very, very small team, and I think uh, it was originally done by four main people. The main guys in Team Cherry are Ari Gibson, which is a filmmaker, animator, cool. um, which used to work in a company called Mechanical Apple. And then the game designer is William Pellin. And those are those two are the main guys that are still there. And the original coder for Hollow Knight was is called uh, David Cassie. And the composer, which is not part of Team Cherry, Christopher Larkin. So I think those four people are the original developers for this game, which is pretty impressive because it's a huge game. Yeah, it's um, massive. It's a lot of work. And I think David Cassie doesn't work there anymore. And now the, the coder is called Jack Vine, which also appears in the... Uh, I noticed he, he still appears in the, in the credits for this game, uh, the credits that I saw yesterday. And I guess it's because they still do updates or DLC for the game, and now this guy's in charge. So those three are the main guys, Ari Gibson, William Pell, and Jack Vine. It's, I, I like to mention the, uh, names because... Uh, uh, it's good to give them credit, but also because it's a small team, you can say th- those names, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I like putting faces on, yeah. on developers. Describe the plot of a plot of Hollow Knight. Oh, I'll, I know what it guys, is. That's great because I'll tell you right now. Um, mm-hmm. I actually mostly played this game for gameplay, and I'd say either didn't pay as much attention about the story or didn't care as much mm-hmm. about the uh, story as more about I just really liked playing it. Uh, so I'd love to hear a summary of the plot if you happen to know it. Okay. Um, there's. I just want to say too, like also, like people are coming up with like new theories and shit all the time, and like this is how. I understood the the story anyway. Okay. So um, safe to say spoilers for the story. Definitely spoilers. 
Um, but yeah, so as I under understand, there's this kingdom, the kingdom of Hallownest or whatever. Um, the Pale King shows up, and then I guess in Hallownest before there was something called the Radiance, or like I guess this being that all these bugs used to, I guess, worship, and they she would like cloud their minds and things like that. Um, but when the the Pale King showed up, everyone just kind of uh started like worshiping him instead so she got upset and i guess because of this it caused like the infection which is like the orange garble that you see everywhere and like the like how like you know on the enemies and sometimes you kill them they explode and there's just like the orange goop and stuff like that and how yeah. they all anyway and how they all seem sort of brainwashed when you're fighting them um but anyway so this whole infection kind of like rips through the land and, and blah, blah blah so the pale king's like how the hell are we going to deal with this so he starts experimenting with void magic, I guess, and because they're looking for a way to, to to contain the infection, and they don't know how to do it. So he's just like, "Cool, I'm gonna look into this void magic <laughs> stuff and see what we can do with this." So I'm not entirely sure why the void magic helps, but when you guys get to the part in the game where you're in the abyss and you drop down, and there's just tons and tons of dead. Hollow Knights and things, and like their leftover wills, as you call them, when you see the shadows that pop up. But anyway, so I guess what happened was what the Pale King was trying to do with him, and then you know the the White Lady, I think she's called, which the Queen of Hollow Nest. So what they did was they just had, as I understand it, tons and tons of babies, just so many babies. Okay, <laughs> and they're trying to make it so that the vessel that they create doesn't have like any kind of personality, any kind of will, any kind of any of that stuff. Um, because they're trying to use this vessel to trap the infection. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's what they did. They had one that they thought would work out, but I think you see like a little clip when you're trying, like when you are trying to climb back up from the abyss, or like when you get to the point where you figure out that you are one of those children or whatever. Um, you're going up and you see the one that is the current, I guess, like Hollow Knight or whatever, uh, and he's walking away with the Pale King. So it's kind of hinted at that he kind of developed a weird, I guess, sort of bond with the king. And that's why he couldn't contain it because he's just like, why do I have to stay here for, you know, centuries and blah, 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 containing this infection? Like, it's not what I want it to be, blah, blah, blah. So um, because he was, I guess, like an impure vessel, it broke or the seal on the whole infection and himself broke. And that's why it's leaking out now. Um, so, yeah. So, and I guess depending on like which route you take, you know the endings and i don't want to spoil the endings but yeah you get different endings depending on uh, on that uh yeah so pale king's bad guy he's not a nice dad <laughs> and when you find the white lady she's all wrapped up and chained and stuff like that and she says it's because she can't help but reproduce <laughs> it's kind of weird yeah it's um, not cool <laughs> yeah also i was kind of like rob I played this game mostly for the gameplay, but mm -hmm. this is my preferred way of experimenting narrative, right? The lore is there. Mm -hmm. It's rich. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get mm -hmm. in the way. It's very hidden. And it's not really a vehicle for the game itself, but mm -hmm. you can't help but notice it because it's so compelling, right? Yeah. Of course, it's kind of cryptic in the beginning, so it's good that the game doesn't try to push the lore because mm -hmm. you become interested in the game as you learn the mechanics of the game. And then it becomes really powerful. That's oh, why I, I feel yeah. that is my preferred way of, of experimenting narrative. Some of the stuff that you said make a lot of sense, especially now coming from the end, Yeah. tracing it back. But uh, um, 
So, Shelby, I think you got the furthest. Did you get over 100% in the game? I, I'm at 98% right now. <laughs> I also got 98%, but I definitely don't feel oh, nice. that I got 98% of the content like at all. Mm-hmm. Because my inventory is like a half full. Like this is yeah. like at sixty percent. So I like I have like sixty to seventy five percent of the charms. So it's like, mm-hmm. how can I be at ninety eight percent? I think probably just beating all the bosses. Maybe I'm, like I don't know. And there's also DLC stuff. Uh, Rob, how about you? I think I said sixty three percent. Nice. Uh, I beat the main boss and stuff, but I, I did not do every boss, nor did I find everything. <laughs> um, that is, that's actually good because the, the game lets you finish without getting too far into all this stuff. I was going to say, um, and this is, I guess, sort of another big spoiler and like why Hornet is like a big character. You know, you through the, the game, there are the three, I think they're just called sages or something or three dreamers. I know they're important to like, they contain the infection and then those three sages or dreamers or whatever need to, to be there to, I guess, kind of complete the seal. And I think it's because like the infection is in your head kind of thing. And where the radiance or this moth lady from like ages ago who like caused this, her whole thing was getting in your head or whatever. So I think they're there to seal that. But one of them is actually Hornet's mother and she was like, cool, I'll be one of your, your dreamer people, but we need to form a weird pact. And the weird pact was having a kid. So that's where Hornet comes from. She's the, if you, there's a part in Deep Nest where you get a bit further in and it's like, uh, you get some weird spidery, like silk kind of thing going on. And it's way in into Deep Nest. And uh, I guess that is, is her village and where her mom comes from and all this stuff. And so technically the knight and Hornet are half siblings. Whoa. And you yeah. ship those two together, so that's pretty crazy. No. That's fucked up. <laughs> My interpretation of the end was that the radiance itself was causing, or was, it either was, but mm-hmm. it definitely the source of the infection, right? Yep. yep. So w- when I was fighting the final battle, because the, the first ending that I got was that mm-hmm. in final battles in games, there's always, you know, mm-hmm. the music and, and the type of animation they use. It makes you feel like you're fighting some something very powerful do you feel bad it mm-hmm. seemed like he was uh not that epic to me actually when i beat yeah. him i was kind of like disappointed i was like hmm it was kind of yeah. easy and the guy mm-hmm. was trying to destroy himself yeah i felt bad for that for that, yeah for him. so that, that's the feeling that i was getting when i was playing the hollow and i was like yeah this doesn't doesn't feel right like um mm-hmm. this guy doesn't want to fight me he's kind of like helping me defeat himself mm-hmm. and that's the first ending that i got then Hornet comes, but, you know, naturally, the, if if the game teaches you that you beat enemies by hitting it with the nail, when Hornet mm-hmm. came to the rescue, mm-hmm. I was hitting it with the nail, right? And, and, and then she passes out. And then she dies. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the infection transfers from the previous Hollow Knight to the new Hollow Knight, which is, I guess, yeah. it's, it's you. Yeah. And then you get sealed along with with hornet right and that is yeah. like the uh the second ending which they call seal sealed simply yeah something like that uh Robert, i assume you got the first ending what happens when you finish the game i don't remember at all <laughs> it's literally the exact same thing except hornet's not there so it seems like the first ending is just like the second one but hornet's not there which which is exactly what you said shall we so i played it a second time right yeah. And that, that's when you hit the Hollow Knight with the Dream Nail. When you hit, hit yeah, it with yeah, Dream yeah. Nail, the way I interpret that with other ghosts and stuff is that you go into this dream realm or you go into their heads, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
my sense was that okay so this guy what he was trying to mm -hmm. destroy was this thing which is the, the radiance mm -hmm. right so he's being like consumed and controlled by the radiance and mm -hmm. then you go in mm -hmm. and now you see the source of the problem right yeah and then you beat it and then i guess that in the final ending you do destroy the radiance for for sure but it also what is the thing that comes out of the hollow knight because it's not hollow mm -hmm. right you because that mm -hmm. that's the thing that ultimately consumes the radiance so that yeah. what would that be that's void the void i think that's void void magic stuff yeah mm -hmm. it's just i don't know there's no ending where i don't think that the knight comes out of this alive like he's it's dead no matter what or it's you could say it's good broken. night for him <laughs> oh no You guys should have asked me before you started talking to try and sum up the story because it would have been a clusterfuck. <laughs> uh, you're just saying some guy wakes up and you go around killing monsters and there's an affection and uh, there's I'm a hollow knight. Uh, <laughs> I fell into a dream world. Now I'm fighting more bug people and that's all I remember. Yeah, I got no, I got nothing to offer to the story. I apologize, everyone. I'm usually all about the story too, but when I play games like Metro Video Games, I always for some reason never pay attention. It's just sometimes there are games I'll play that I'm playing. Like, I don't know, it sounds weird, but there, I like to play some games while I'm half paying attention to the game. Like yeah. I'm playing the game while listening to a podcast. I, mm -hmm. I get, and I'm happy because I'm kind of just enjoying the mechanics of the game and not really thinking while listening to something that I find interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, every once in a while, I guess I get these kind of quote unquote filler games that I that are very mechanical that I enjoy a lot, but uh, I'm doing something else with it. So it, Hollow Knight was actually the case. So I, I think I played the game wrong. If uh, people out there who are really passionate about this game might be pissed that I wasn't putting my oh, hole into it. People can just but, go away. You know, whatever. That is that is how I played it. Uh, I liked it, though, so it's not like... It's a very a tragic story. story. <laughs> what you're saying is interesting because I also like would like to play some games while I'm listening to podcasts and stuff like that, right? And usually yeah. there are, are games that, that, you, that allow you to do that kind of thing. Where like maybe audio is not that important, or you know following a story is not not that important. Like I wouldn't play, I wouldn't listen to a podcast while playing a uh, an Ace Attorney game. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Do you pay attention? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, paying attention. Also, like the music is like the best. Yeah, the yes. music is great. <laughs> so you have to you know let it all come into you, right? The, the whole of the game. Now, mm -hmm. you mentioned that you played this game this way is very interesting yeah, because even though the lore is so rich, like the gameplay is fantastic. Like, the, I, yes. I would say that the story and all the stuff that we've been talking about is really only interesting because the gameplay is so compelling. Like it's a nice side dish, I would say. Like the, the main dish, the, the meat of this game is the mechanical systems. I agree with that. I don't think that you played it incorrectly and I don't think it's a fault of the game neither no no i have i don't really have much faults with the game to be honest i think it's a really good solid fun game we never really talked about the mechanics very much actually yeah, let's go which is oh, there's so much in this, that's why but um yeah so 
you're in a world that's ever expanding and by that i mean when you get new items as you're exploring it opens up new areas again classic metroidvania um you have a like a metal system and notches and notches are how many metals you can equip and these metals are they called metals or they're called press charms charms sorry charms uh you can equip uh as many charms as you have notches and uh charms are are worth like i think one to three in terms of cost to replace to place them Uh, sometimes some of them take four but those are like the really beefy ones yeah so and you get around what 30 ish metals charms jesus there are 45 45 okay so even more and as far as notches go you can expand them as you're playing you can expand your health by collecting you know uh typical pieces of a of a, of a thing and then that will give you more health or, or more focus which is how you use your your quote-unquote magic abilities or abilities like uh healing or uh like a a ball of energy attack I, i'm going by memory this sounds so no, stupid no no it's fine yeah and um I guess this is good because I can. I, I'm describing as someone who uh, who casually played it a while ago. So you, this is just the bare, the bare minimum information that you need. You're doing fine. Right, and so it's cool though because you have the charms which you can use to kind of set up your own play style mm-hmm. because you, there's so many different ones. Um, and and actually I have mine up here, and I can tell you guys the one I the one I had in my last save file, which might be interesting. I had the. Uh, Quick focus, which mm-hmm. increases the speed of, of focusing your soul or how fast you can uh, heal yourself. Yep. And then I had quick slash, which lets you attack faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had steady body, which uh, when you, because when you attack with your, when you hit with your sword, there's a bit of a, a bounce back or recoil. Yeah. Uh, this one will allow you to keep pressing on. And then I had grub soul, which gave you soul when you took damage. So yeah. I, my gameplay style was largely based on. Uh, melee attacks and healing if i was in trouble i would move away and, and try to heal mm-hmm. and uh, i mean i used other ones because there's so many in this like there's a uh, other favorite uh charms that i had i was going through them and looking at the ones i liked and i remember there a lot of them had to do with the nail um i had i used dash master a lot um long nail which increases your range uh heavy blow and um, I also use Thorns of Agony a lot, which basically, if you took damage, then the enemies would take damage. Oh, another one I really, really liked a lot is shit. I think is it Sharp Shadow? No, a Glowing Womb. Uh, I love oh. this one for a few fights by just running away and and basically I just equipped a bunch of stuff that would get me more soul, and mm-hmm. then had these uh, the little grubs that would come out and attack. I remember it was this one boss that was killing me over and over again, and uh, I can't remember which one it was. But I remember, I think it was one where it was like suspended high up, like a cocoon or something suspended to the ceiling. At any rate, so let's uh, see. So you have your charms, your your general exploration level up, like the double jump that you eventually get and your dash. And and so, yeah, I think that kind of sums up. And, you're, and basically, you, you're exploring these areas and killing bosses and upgrading. And there's a story and a, yeah, typical Metroidvania, but just oozing uh, atmosphere and... Uh, a setting that's very unique. You, you're a concept artist, so what do you think about from an artistic point of view? What, what are your thoughts? Oh, the game's beautiful. It's a nice 2D style. Uh, it's very distinct. The designs are they're very simple, but but at the same time, they're I don't know. You don't see that kind of look very often, and it certainly doesn't look like a lot of the modern games. It definitely has more of an indie feel. Uh, probably because it's the vision of one or two artists. I assume. I don't know how many artists they had on it. If it if it's just the one guy. Then obviously it's 
that person's vision. Um, but you know, the map is a nice 2D, uh, old school looking map. That I don't know if if the uh, like this is a concept of the map or not. But I'm just looking at the the Hollandus map. All the enemies, it's just this flat uh, 2D style. I don't know. It's it's not much to to say other than, like, I feel like the setting and the colors really make it stand apart and and the uh style of the enemies like the, the whole all those helmets that they're wearing mm-hmm. and yeah it looks it's really cool looking i don't know can i give you my thoughts and i, I want to you two are artists so you you can correct me if i'm i'm speaking in, in like the wrong terms or anything like that but the way i experience a lot of times art in games when they try to add variety in games mm-hmm. especially in environments different environments they don't look cohesive. Mm-hmm. I see. This character belongs maybe in this environment, but maybe not in this environment. Or the environment has a different art style that doesn't really belong with this character. And mm-hmm. I feel that sometimes it's, it's very generic. Like there's a city environment and there's a desert and then there's, you know yeah. what, what I mean? Absolutely. You have your, your regular ass biomes that you expect to see in every every uh, game that has you go to different regions. You have the desert region. You have, the, I mean, Zelda games do it. Every, every it's, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. they don't have a, that it's not cohesive. I just mean that a lot of these types of adventure games have very uh, cliched areas that you expect to go to. Rocky mm-hmm. areas, there's a water area, there's a desert area. Uh, and Mario games used to this too before they started making donut areas and like weird food places and shit. Well, something that I found extraordinary in this game is that even though one environment is so different from another one, it still mm-hmm. looks like they belong in the same world, even though mm-hmm. they don't share much. But they share some elements. I don't know what it yeah. is. Maybe it's the color palette. Maybe it's the it's shapes. It's the colors. 100% the colors. I think a way to keep cohesion is gradation. So having you travel to new areas, if you have them uh, bleed into one another, if there's a interim mm-hmm. area that lets you, uh, that kind of blends the elements together, helps a lot with with not feeling that jarring jump from mountains to to desert or from grass to desert and then also reusing elements or or consistent elements and color schemes and designs that are applied to every environment um also help with that which i I do think that hollow knight does i was just thinking of final fantasy 7 actually and uh, the remake sorry and it all takes place in midgar but they have these different areas that bring in new parts so for example you're in one sector when you go to another one it's actually full of like a lot of grass and stuff but it also has all that metal and the you know the same color scheme and stuff so despite i remember going from from the dark danky area to this area which is also technically danky but then they brightened the sky up a little bit and had some plants growing but it still feels like you're still part of the same area despite its uh mood Mm -hmm. uh feeling a bit different and also some of the decoration but like it just in the same way as, as Hollowness, it feels like part of the same cohesive world. And I just think that that's largely to do with reusing like specific design elements that you know you're going to carry between each area that will make it feel like one one place. I just want to mention too for like the characters and stuff because the style is very simple. Like it lends itself well to, to animation. Absolutely. Um, well, just one, it makes it easier to animate and uh also faster so like the variety of enemies that they have um in every i guess biome or part of the map that you end up in like they're all very uh simple enemies and they all have very simple animations two animations three animations like an idol Mm. some kind of attack you know just different states that don't have to even be 
I guess, really animated, just stuff that maybe it's a three-frame loop or something, you know? Because it is so simple and because it is so fast, it makes it easier to scale stuff. So it's just like you have all of these these enemies, and sure, maybe they're, you know, maybe they don't do a lot, but it feels like there are a lot of different kinds and types in, in every area. So it doesn't feel like... Um, you know, it doesn't feel like they're skinning enemies. It doesn't feel like they took one and are just like, okay, cool, let's make like the, you know, grass version of this or the or the the water right. version of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's they actually have, you know, they can take the time that they need to make enemies very specific to each area and that they belong there and it's not just a skin of something else. So that's very nice. Mm-hmm. Right, because because of the style, yeah. the production cost would be down for making unique enemies and stuff. You don't have to do a giant model and rig and. Mm-hmm. And all these other steps because it's just a simple, likely mm-hmm. one person doing it, and um, yeah, you could get a lot of variety out of out of that style. I think. I think yeah. That's what you're I think that instead of like cutting corners in some aspects of the game, from the beginning they created this visual language mm-hmm. that they could use that wouldn't be very expensive to, as you say, to scale it. Which that that is a very interesting observation. You do get some reuse in like behaviors like programming like the behaviors of certain enemies and stuff like it's hard to i guess see it unless you know about those kinds of things so if you did any of the trials in the coliseum of fools um, (laughs) there are a few (laughs) flying enemies and just a few enemies there that are definitely reusing the same kinds of behavior but they've just been tweaked a little bit here and there um or maybe their patterns are just a little bit different so it makes them feel different even like the the um redesigns of them are are different enough that you don't necessarily feel like they are the same enemy, I guess, unless you've, you know, worked in the games industry and know about these these things that, you know, sometimes we do have to reuse stuff to yeah, save time. So I, I get why you reuse and skinning. I mean, yeah. when I was a younger person, I always hated when a monster was just the same monster but with a slightly different color. I don't mind. I understand using the same rigs and I understand, you know, but like I like when they add you know, stuff that's changed the silhouette at least. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times they can't even, you know, they don't have the resources to even change the silhouettes. So you'll just get a blue version yeah. of a lizard monster you fought. Uh, I, I hate that. Uh, but if they <laughs> take that lizard and say, give it like horns and a spike tail and a different color palette and texture, then then I'm not bothered by it because it's mm-hmm. different enough that it's okay. And, and you're still saving time. Yeah. Um, ideally you want this though, where the, every monster is unique. Every character is unique, and I think that works well in in these two D types of games that are a bit. Yeah, uh, you gotta be smart about those kinds of things because you can sabotage yourself from the beginning mm-hmm. if your concept art or some of your design decisions like mm-hmm. doesn't allow for scalability, as like uh, Shelly was saying. Because if if you start with really complex concept art, that visual language, when you try to scale it, it, it either going to be super expensive on the technical side or on mm-hmm. the just on the workload side, right? So if you yep. start with something very, very simple and then you add like nuance and scale as you go and as you need it, I think mm-hmm. that it's kind of like the smart way of tackling this. Simple in art is the general rule of thumb anyways. And then you yeah. can... What they may have lost in detail I think they, they were really, really smart in uh, adding personality, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so identifiable. That's sometimes very hard to do. This A lot of the games, modern games, even in the game sometimes, they look generic. Like the, you, you see it once 
yeah maybe, maybe twice you see a trailer and then you kind of like forget about it but this is a game that mm -hmm. kind of like grabs you and doesn't let you forget about it. it's like oh that little guy with the mask and the horns right it's like instantly recognizable which i think absolutely is very important yeah. one of my favorite examples of the time it takes for animation in like a simple style versus a very complicated one is anime because if you look at like a character and they're just all decked out and they've got all these crazy hair spikes and, like all this crazy armor and just all this crazy shit and then you watch anime and you're just like wow that looks really messed up like how did they get away with that it's like well it turns out it takes eight times longer to draw this character than it does to <laughs> you know do this or whatever and so with animation where you know, if you're drawing frames and they're different, like every two frames or whatever, and you're, you're, you just have different frames and everything has to look different and everything's like a different drawing. It's just like, of course, it's going to take so much more time. And where anime has to be like pumped out, you know, it's, you know, they're going to cut corners somewhere. So if it's getting, you know, getting away with less frames or getting away with, oh, it's okay if this arm looks a little janked here. We'll just fix it in the Blu-ray release or whatever. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah. One thing that I I have a huge bias, and maybe mm. it's because of when I experimented this, maybe in the early 2000s or whatever, is flash animation. Like, yeah. I, I used to enjoy it because it was new, but when it was overused, especially mm -hmm. in some games, and so I, I developed this bias against anything that looked like that and had kind of like that feel. Oh, this okay. game does look flashy. <laughs> With kind of like disjointed animations and stuff. Kind yeah. of like that. When, yeah. So when I first uh, saw this game, I was like, oh, such a waste, such nice design. <laughs> and it looks like flashy. <laughs> yeah. But also from a feel perspective, like they feel like kind of like uh, weightless. Mm. Flash stuff is stiff a lot of the time, I find. Yeah, because that's like if you're doing symbol animation upper, and you're just yeah, exactly. animating from the pivot point of like the thing and it yep. looks like, yeah, it looks <laughs> like kind of paper doll uh, yeah. animation. That's yeah. how I always saw it. But it doesn't have to be that way, of course. Flash can be, you, know, you can do beautiful animation. So one thing that I want to mention about the mechanics is uh, the map system. I really, really liked it. There's some stuff that is kind of inconvenient because you mentioned this thing about charms and notches. Yeah, I want to complain about this, actually. But you can only <laughs> change your, your, your charms when you're sitting in, in, in a bench. And benches yeah. are not that accessible. The way it works is that the full map is divided in areas and each area has its own map. And it, the map, it's something that you have to get, right? You have to yeah. purchase it from, from this guy, Cornifer. Cornifer, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Corny. Sometimes you miss the guy and you have yeah, to go back to Dirtmouth and, and buy it from uh, the wife. I've never had to do that. No, I, I always go back and look no, for it. No, I always, always found the paper trail and... and... Oh, you, yeah, you, you find the paper trail and you go there and it, the guy's not there. Oh. It's only the card there. I had to do that for a couple Never of locations. And then in the, in the very end, I didn't even have to go to some locations. The, the wife just sold me like three maps from locations that oh. I had been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Dang. those maps are initially just a part of the area, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a partial map of the area. And as you go into new parts of that area that are not in the map when you sit on benches and you have to i think you have to have a special item you can update that map right so you have to really go into the area and then really really explore it to get like the full version of the map yeah so a flaw to me one mechanical flaw that i can think of and and you know maybe will disagree saying oh you want things too easy uh i hated that i had to waste a notch on a map yes 
yeah, that really pissed me off because I'm like, look, this should this should just be a thing that we have. Just give me the map, and I'll and yeah, you know, have it populate as you explore. I love that kind of thing. I'm cool with it being blank, but I don't like that I have to have uh, a, a charm on just to see my map, or rather, see where you are on the map. Sorry, that's the yeah. I, I'm I misremembering. You can bring the map up whenever you want, but you don't actually have your icon on it unless you use the wayward charm, uh, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I feel like I'm losing out by having something that I can't use to help me actually progress. Uh, so that would be the only like legit complaint I could think about when it came to navigating the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys agree or not. I agree. It sounds like Sage you agree, but I don't know if maybe you disagree, Shelves. And that's, um, I think eventually you just, well, for me anyway, eventually just kind of like learned to navigate without it. Oh, you didn't even use it some of the time. Well, right? no, I did at, at first, but then eventually you've just been back to the same places so many times that it's just like you learn where things are. If that right. makes sense. That, that makes sense. I never got to that point, but that's probably because I didn't play it as much as you guys. So that would, would make sense. So in terms of mechanics, it's, uh, a big part of it is the exploration and is the, the usage of the map, exploring the map, getting... Uh, sometimes you're looking at the map and you see like this entrance or like a doorway to some part of the map that you don't have and that's like a big hint that that's a part of the map you know that you have to go and explore to unlock that part maybe there's a secret in there um mm-hmm. big part of the game is that uh the other part is traveling uh through the map and, and <gasps> the stagways and the, the game has two main systems one is a stagway which is a part of there's there's some sections in in different areas uh, you go there and you pay a price to get like a, the um a little bell, which you can call the last stag, I think is the name of the character. Like at yeah. some point, uh, there were many of them, but right now there's only one. But mm-hmm. maybe not. As you sometimes, uh, <laughs> there's this part of the map where you find like an egg, like a stag uh, egg open, yeah, right? It's after you unlock all the stations, and then he's like, "I f- I remember where I lived," and then he brings you. <laughs> oh yeah. It's cute, but it's also kind of sad because there's a bunch of dead ones. So melancholic this game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, very, it's not cheery. Yeah, it's it's a nice feel, uh, but it's it's a feel of not a happy joy feel. It it makes you kind of like even the music, right? It's, they they use this kind of music that is kind of melancholic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the the stagways game can bring you immediately from one uh, stack station to the other, and there are different parts. Uh, not all areas have them which is kind of a little bit annoying because there are some parts of the map that are kind of like far away or in the middle between, you know, maybe two stack stations. But there's Mm -hmm. uh, there are the tramways, right? And there are two lines, I think, one in the south and one in the north. Yeah, there's I think so. And those ones uh, are like the two ways of traveling to to the uh, to the map and manual which is you know you go with the the guy there's this one really annoying quest that i didn't do that didn't even try where you have to like transport a flower and you can't use any fast traveling method you have to go all the way by yourself and i don't think you're allowed to get hit either oh yeah i definitely did not do that (laughs) that doesn't say did i do that one but if i couldn't get hit there's no fucking way i would not have the patience there's another way of traveling through the map. It's, it's not really traveling, but it, you, you can set this dream gate. Dream gate, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty useful for boss fights and stuff like that, mm. I found. And so you, you set like this portal on the ground, and then you can return to that point. with oh, the cool. Once you get the 
the dream nail. And then the other system, I think that the one that we haven't mentioned is the spells. Uh, apart from the life mask, which is just your, your hearts or your HP, um, there's this system called soul. Mm. And Oh, yeah, we did not mention the souls. Yeah, and, and soul is used to uh, for spells. And the first spell, I think, is it, the main one, one of the... Uh, the cornerstones of this game is focus. When you focus your soul, you can uh, regain a life mask. So you, you can heal yourself, right? But it consumes mm -hmm. soul. And you get soul by hitting enemies, right? Yeah, you also find like those uh, little weird idol thingies that just kind of have soul right. on them. And then you oh, hit them yeah. and then you get soul from it. Yeah. So when you're playing the game, one of the things that you're doing a lot is managing your soul, right? And when to focus. Mm -hmm. Because when you're focusing, you cannot move, right? So you 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 become vulnerable unless you're you're equipping like the shape of un charm which is yeah. <laughs> i use it a lot and uh, you, you turn into a slug and you can focus while you're moving <laughs> um and then the other i think the next uh spell that they give you is uh, the vengeful spirit yeah which is just like i don't a... know well, i don't think i don't, I don't know if they have an order but that's the order that i got, that I got. yeah i got him second too the vengeful spirit is just basically it's like a like a Hadouken, right? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. much. And then there's uh, Desolate Dive, which is allows you to to break some uh, parts of the floor that are kind of shaky. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, Howling Rates. And that's kind of like an upwards attack that has some, uh, some effect. And all of these spells, except for Focus, have like a shade version of it, like a dark version of it, which is much more powerful, which is mm. super useful in the final battle. I don't know if you agree. Shall the we? sharp shadow, yeah, that that charm that you get. Yeah, well, that the one the damages yeah. when you dash through them. Yeah. Yeah, I use that one sometimes too. Uh, I, I was I thinking about the the, the abyss shriek. Oh, uh, did you use I didn't, it? I didn't use spells often at all, actually. Yeah, I only used the healing one. Pretty much. Yeah. Ooh, not even the final battle. No. It must have taken I... you forever to beat that guy, the radiance. Oh, I haven't beaten the radiance yet. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Now shall be. What? <laughs> no, know. that's fine. It's 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 so hard. I I spent hours. It is fucking yesterday. difficult, and I was just so like, oh hard. my god, beat my head against the wall. It's I know so it's hard. all about learning patterns and blah blah blah, but it's just like. No, but it's not just that. I mean, you, you can you can learn the patterns, but then you have to execute, right? And it's yeah. so long. It's so <laughs> like I I know the patterns, but if you have to repeat those patterns like twenty times in a row, perfectly. I mean, it's hard, man. and it, it takes that's two that life max every time you get hit with some. I know. Yeah. Anyway. Bullshit. Bullshit. It's but it's a it's is really it really satisfying. It's really dramatic in the end. Shitload yeah. of fuck. Um, <laughs> we pretty much covered much. Now you you know there's one more thing that we haven't covered, which is the the uh, the nail arts. I yeah, they took too long to use. Eventually, yeah. get a charm that makes it faster to use them, but it's just like I can't can't use. I don't remember them. Yeah. What's the nail? You know, you go, you find the nail masters, and you learn mm -hmm. the arts from them. I don't think I ever use them. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. know. I'm, yeah, I think it's just they take too long, and then when you know you're fighting a boss, and it's just like you have like a millisecond to react, and you're just like, well, you can't sit there and charge your friggin' sword or whatever, or charge whatever. So oh yeah, yeah, like the, the long spinny attack. Yeah. It's like you don't yeah. have time for that shit. No, no I agree. No. It's always you're always moving and slashing, and or if you're, I'm staying still, it's because I'm trying to heal. Yeah. All right, so the damage system is uh, we're all responsible for one heart's worth of damage. We can do no damage, which means we love it, recommend it to everyone, or full damage, which means we hate it and 
recommend it to no one and it's recommendation mostly quality so fight us or we'll beat you up yeah yeah it's just our opinions we'll man take you behind the school behind the dumpster beat you up and throw your body in the dumpster uh i want to go last because i feel like my opinion could be swayed by you too so i want <gasps> i'm kind of in i'm in two spots here i want to hear what you guys have. yeah i don't know i really like this game i like the music like the art i just in general i think it's just a I'm, i don't say this very often it's a perfect game <gasps> with imperfections it is perfect um but yeah i, I love it I've played it for so, so long just here and there. Like, I didn't ever feel pressured like I had to beat it or, like, you know, or had to do anything. It was just, like, take my time, relax, explore, uh, get really angry at certain bosses. feels really good to beat bosses that you get stuck on. I like all the, the charm system. I like the, the lore that's hidden. You know, had it, I think a big part of it was just, you know, had it not been for that, I probably wouldn't have, you know, stuck with it. But, um, and also just that it's, it's very fun mechanically, so yeah, no, no, uh, no damage, no damage from me. No damage from Shelby. Mm-hmm. Nice. I uh, I agree. I think it's one of those games that I could call a perfect game. It, it's a game that uh, knows what it is. It knows itself. Um, they don't and, come and, along very often. No, um, there's not a, a lot of confusion in this game. I think uh, a lot of it is because of the size of the team. You have less people. Um, you can have uh, a stronger agreements. I feel like when you see the development stories, when you listen to the guys talking about this game, you know it's it's their baby. And I really really enjoy that relationship of artists with their with their works. Outside of that, um, the game feels both small, like you see the map and you know that's the game. It doesn't feel like uh, uh, something that is not attainable, but at the same time, it's so deep. So mm -hmm. I really, really like that. I like when something, it feels both delimited, but deep. And that's uh, something that I like. The lore in the story is, it's also, uh, as I said in the beginning, it's a good side dish. If you want to uh, uh, go into it, you can really, really do because it's very deep and uh, there's a lot of it. But if you just want to enjoy the gameplay, gameplay is fantastic. As I said, as I mean, dish uh, this game, I really, really like it, how it feels. You go through it from the beginning. You feel powerful, like you feel like you're, that you're fast and you can hit stuff and you can do all sorts of moves. And as you move through the progression, as you gain more abilities and all that, you just feel more and more and more uh, powerful and capable and fast. And it, it just makes you feel really good to play it. Um, so. I don't know. This game has a lot of stuff that I like in terms of recommending this game. It's 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 kind of hard because it's a game that's kind of twitchy sometimes. So I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. But at the same time, like, again, I think it's one of those those games that uh, at the very least, everybody should give it a try. You know, that's fair. You know, give it a try. You're going to like there's something you're going to like. And so for that reason is uh, no damage for me. Nice. Um, okay, so I, I definitely like this game, maybe not as much as, as YouTube, given that you guys are like over 100%ing it, um, but I definitely like it, and I think most people who see it uh, in action are interested in playing. Uh, my friend, um, JP, he really into the Dark Souls games and stuff like that, he's like one of those one of those people. And he saw this game and really wanted to play it, and he did, and he didn't like it. 
which I was surprised about actually, and wanted mm -hmm. more information. And he didn't have anything in Sightwell. He just didn't like Metroidvanias. <laughs> uh, he really wanted to like it though. Yeah. Um, and so I just be thinking, the other thing we didn't really talk about too much is how difficult the game is. Um, and it yeah. can be quite hard uh, and kind of merciless sometimes. And despite the fact that the game, like when you die, all your money is sitting there and you have to go back. It's one of those games where you have to go back to your corpse to retrieve, uh, which can be a huge turnoff for people, I think. People don't like losing progression. I, I, I definitely wiped a couple of times playing Hollow Knight and I fucked up and couldn't get my, my body and lost like 3,000 whatever. Did you unlock the rancid egg person? The jeer, jeer, I can't remember what the hell his name is, but you go there and you give them a rancid egg and they bring your soul thing back. Oh, I didn't no. know that. It's in dirt. No. It's in dirt. No. I did. Oh, wait, is that it just summons your, your body back to you? Is yeah, that what the rancid eggs are for? Fuck, I had no idea. No, I had yeah. no idea. Okay. <laughs> no, there's that system there. They don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the end of Dirtmouth on the right, like all the way at the end, there's go there there's a little there's a weird shaman person thing there and they're just like do you want to deal with your sins and you're like yep and they're like cool give me a rancid egg and then they eat it and then it summons the oh you know why i never yeah. noticed that because i always go for my body right away when yeah, i die yeah. i'm like i'm not venturing back to town uh so i never that's funny though i never i guess if you're close enough to dirt mouth that you can get back safely that or near a tram that would yeah be useful but you know, anyway, obviously sorry, the game but... does no, no. It's a great point, but the game doesn't tell you that. No. Um, so, so it's it's so I'm kind of torn because the boss fights can be really, really hard. And although I like that about the game, I never got mad. I know don't want to be stressed out playing games. And when I when we do recommendations, I sometimes try, I try to think of either everybody or gamers who would I, you know because it's people listening to the show are likely people who play games. So I just, it's tough though because I know people don't like this style of game so I'm, I'm torn between giving a no damage and one quarter damage because there are de there are people i know who don't like playing this type of game who do literally don't like playing this game and i know people like i couldn't wreck like, i don't think megan's game she doesn't like 2d platformers very much she mm -hmm. doesn't like so yeah i'm gonna have to give it one quarter damage and it's mm -hmm. not to be a contrarian it, it's honestly mostly based off difficulty and people who are in the mood for more hardcore games because this is definitely a more hardcore game. A game where you can't really tell where you're at without setting certain charms or, you know, it has a lot of all those things that make it great, like that thing that Shelby said, the rancid egg thing. That's awesome. But mm -hmm. if I were looking for a not stressful experience, uh, knowing about that probably would have been helpful. Uh, just this is little things, but but that's based on recommendation, not the quality of the game. The quality of the game there's there's no damage because it's a fantastic game. But would I recommend it to everybody? I probably wouldn't. But then again, at the same time, it's so easily easily accessible to play that uh, it's hard not to recommend it. But ah, but but the game's actually long too. You look at yeah. that game. I have a th I didn't do much, and I had thirty one hours in that game. Yeah. And you look at these types of games, and they're not usually that long. They tend to be ten to fifteen hours hmm. at the most. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one quarter damage. Don't don't shoot me. No, I think it's no, fair. That's fine. It's yeah. it's it's more on recommend it i don't think i could recommend it to everybody or, or or nor would i want to force it on everybody like there are some games that you love so much that you want to force on everyone anyways even if you don't think that uh, <laughs> that you should recommend to everyone for yeah. me this is not one of those games so i'll i'll go for we damage. should make very that our system is not unbiased at all it Super is biased. extremely <laughs> biased so don't come for us or we'll beat you up it is meant to be a subjective system i think yeah, yeah I think but i think it's the beauty yeah. of it 
it's stressful too because there are definitely games that I've not given damage on that I did not like nearly as much as other games I have given damage on. And sometimes I'm a little critical on games that everybody loves. Hey, nobody as... said we had to be consistent, okay? Yeah, no, but I yeah. think I think it's very very fair. Like, there's a version of my spiel in which I can go like half damage if if I just like uh, like got up and I was in a bad mood, I would just focus <laughs> on the negative. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. That's true. That's like this point. game got me so frustrated. Like yesterday, if you yeah to, to talk to me while I was fighting the the uh, the radiance, I would go like yeah. three quarters damage. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely parts in a game where you get so frustrated and, and it's not until after you beat it or until later's come where you're like, all right, I'm not that mad anymore. But during it, you're like, like Parappa Rapper, I hated that game for a little while until I actually got through the hard stuff. And like, you know, what? this game's actually a lot of fun. And I like the music and it was a good game. But yeah. there was parts where I'm like, I'm this fucking game. I hate this piece of shit. I don't want to play this game ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that definitely happened to me in, in Hollow Knight a couple of times with some of the bosses. But anyway, so, yeah, so our, our system is flawed, but it uh, has charm. That's my opinion on it. So that means two and three quarters health remaining out of three. That's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. What was the last perfect game? Didn't we have one recently? Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So this is what ring wraith for a second. That's what will make people pissed when they if we were ever to take our ratings. And I, I kind of wish we had a chart of all of them and just show them. And, oh my god, we should post it on Twitter sometime. Because you're gonna see Untitled Goose game, no damage, perfect game. Hollow Knight, a beloved game by almost oh man, it's funny. Yeah, I love it. They're both great games. It's just different. So there's no way to like compare them, really. They're, they're very different. You really couldn't do it a fair c- comparison, which is why we go with recommendation and bias and, uh, and a fair so bias. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, um, you know, there's Cartridge Club. And I don't really have it. I wish we, we need a good hype. This is why P1 was good. This guy, when it comes to wrapping stuff up and promoting shit, this, mm. this dude is perfect at it. But, you know, he's like, oh, play World of Warcraft. Well, all he ever does, I'm not playing Hollow Knight. I see it right now. He's playing it. No, I'm kidding. He's not. But... <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. This is Rob. And Shelby. And Seiji. Peace out.